Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, another episode of Upfront and Personal. Hey, I'm here with our minister of music, my brother, my friend. I'm here with brother Anthony McDonald. First of all, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Tired, dog. You tired, dog? <laughs> so you, have you been on the tubes today? Yes, yeah, so, dog. Yeah. How, how many so, miles did you get in today? I did 18 today. Woo, yes, Reverend, sir. 18 miles. Yes, Listen, sir. man, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, the first time we uh, talked with you, we talked about music. Uh, ministry, but we're, we're going to turn things around a little bit today. Um, we're getting ready to start a push at Ebenezer to talk about health and specifically men's health. We want to make sure that we as men are doing all that we can to take care of ourselves. So, uh, me and brother Anthony McDonald, I'm just going to sit here and rap a little bit about health. Um, we want to talk about his journey. Uh, he's lost a considerable amount of weight, got in shape. So we just want to go through that and see how he did it, what he did, and maybe it would inspire someone out there listening to us. So let's get right into it, man. So when did this journey start for you? Um, this journey started for me uh, shortly after Peanut was born. Peanut's my son. He's uh, seven years old. Um, so when around the time he was born, it was 2013, um, May of 2013. And, uh, you know, I started noticing some bad habits. It's something about when kids are born, Doc, mm-hmm. you get into this, you know, state where you want to eat and all this good stuff. Um, the turning point for me was um, the, the day after he was born, um, Whitney's parents were like, hey, you know, you've been here since the day before he was born. You've been here for a couple nights. Go home, take a rest or something. All right, cool. So I get there, and the first thing on my mind, hey, look, I ain't ate good in a couple of days. Let me go on and pick <laughs> out. So I ordered a large pizza. It was a large supreme pizza, though. Wow. The issue was I ate the whole entire pizza. The whole pizza. The whole pizza. Ooh. And then that's when I knew it was kind of like, you know what, this isn't good. Aside from that, um, I developed sleep apnea, as well as uh, I started having bouts with uh, high blood pressure, hypertension. And uh, the doctor looked at me and she told me, she said, if you don't, you're 24, 25 years old. She said, if you do not get your life together, you're going to die before you're 30. I, I remember when you told me that story. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. were, we were together. Uh, we talk about fitness and, uh, you know, getting in shape and eating, that kind of thing. And But, man, that's a wake up call it is, if man. you needed one. Yeah. Yeah. She told me straight up. And I'm, it was an older white lady. She looked me dead in the face. She said, if you don't get it together, she, she said, you're going to be out of here. And I wonder how many men, yeah. black, white, it doesn't matter, need to hear a wake-up call like that. And I, honestly, man, I, I I pick my doctors based on how upfront they are. Mm. Even my doctor now, uh, Dr. Adams in Hillsborough, I mean, he, he shoot it to you straight. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'd rather you tell me the truth, hurt my feelings, yeah. you know, and, and give me a wake-up call than to just, oh, you know, you're all right. The statistics show that Men die before their wives. Yeah. And, you know, we talked with Dr. Easton that day. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people didn't get to see that. Um, well, nobody got to see it. But it was kind of a behind-the-scenes conversation. And we were talking about how, you know, men, you know, after working those hard jobs all those years, mm-hmm. after they retire, they sit on the couch. Do nothing. Do nothing. And, and you know, the women, they still get up. They might walk. They, they go get their hair done. They go to the grocery right. store. Right. You know, they still pretty active. But the men, they just get sedentary. And here's the thing, we're leaving behind wives, Yeah, we're leaving behind Kids. children and yep. grandkids, um, we're leaving them to be raised by somebody else, uh, stories to be told, so we really need to wake up as men. And you know, the, the thing I like about the friendship we have, we hold each other accountable. Yes, I'll never forget, even last year, man, you know, I 
just got into barbering and everything. I had the fast money. So I was eating out all the time. And I remember he walked up to me. He was like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know, you got to get out of hand there. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, I think that is great because even four or five years ago when I started, um, I had a friend. I mean, he would tell me, man, you, he said, man, you can play that organ. He said, but man, you on your way to a heart attack. Right. And I mean, he would give it to me every time he saw me. Yes. And it was almost to the point where it made me mad, but it made me think too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think, you know, in regards to, to health, you know, black people, for some reason, man, we just get comfortable and complacent and yeah. sedentary. Let's just say what it is. I mean, you know, we work, you know, good off, good paying office mm -hmm. jobs and all that. And we forget that, you know, we got to take care of the body, the yeah. temple, man. Yeah. We yeah. really have to. Yeah, it, it's just like for me, um, for a long time, I didn't go to the doctor. Right. Probably, right. probably about my whole, my whole 20s. Um, probably up until and about it's, 35, it's I did not go to the doctor. It's taught to us that. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it's just being honest with yeah. the audience, yeah, you. Um, and by the time I got to the doctor, I he was like, hey, man, I got to <laughs> give you this yeah, pill, yeah, dog, because yeah. your blood pressure is out of control. I um, miss the doctor from, of course, when you're in sports, you have to get your physical yeah, regularly. Yeah. So. Um, I missed the doctor from 17 to 24. Yeah. You know, and that was just because um, my mom, you know, I was staying at the house and she was like, yo, you are rocking the walls in this house. You know, you got to figure out what that is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they pulled me in for sleep study and all that stuff. You know, like my granddaddy, you know, my granddaddy is the type. Now, my granddaddy is strong as an ox. He's 75 years old. You know, I, I looked on Facebook Live the other day or a couple months ago. He was working on the floor in the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he used to ride his bike every day. I mean, just always been in decent shape. But he don't see the doctor until something bad happens. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of a learned behavior for black men. You know, yeah. we don't go to the doctor. Right. You know, a lot of black men don't get their prostates checked when they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah. You know, I don't know much about prostate cancer, but I know at a certain age you're supposed to start. Yeah, yeah. You know. And that's one of the things that we're wanting to get out to men that these are some of the things that you need to be doing now. Yeah. Getting that PSA check, that's just a level in your blood that gives off that indication that there's something going on that you need to have checked out. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 uh, spin it for or spin it back a little bit. Now, when you started your journey, how much what was your weight? I was 360 pounds. 360 pounds. Yes, sir. Okay. Cool. So that definitely is an indication that something. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so at my highest weight, I was 280 pounds when I first started. So on my frame, 280 pounds. Yeah, you're a little shorter than me. <laughs> um, so that's a lot of weight to carry. What did you start on? Where did you start at? When you when you started this weight loss journey, what did you focus on? Um, the main thing that I looked at, I had to look at what I was taking in mm -hmm. on a daily basis okay. and the amount of activity I was doing. Okay. Um, two main things. That, that is, I mean, that is yeah. the two main things. Um, I, at the time when I was 360 pounds, ironically, I was marching in band at a HBCU. And if you know, like I know, that is just as bad as playing football. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a strenuous exercise, um, especially carrying a sousaphone. But, you know, on a daily basis, my favorite restaurant back then, we had just got cookout. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'd go, I'm going to keep it hot with y'all. I would go to McDonald's, get me a nice sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit in the morning. 
I'd go hit cookout at lunchtime. Uh, depending on how my day was, I was still playing the organ back then. So when I got out of rehearsal or something late at night, I went back to cookout again. Mm. Um, so, you know, just eating all that trash all the time, um, I had to look at that and then I had to say, okay, what, what's the main thing you know you can do right now that wouldn't be too hard on you? So I initially started lifting weights. I mean, you know, just having that football, yeah, yeah. you know, having that football background, I went ahead and dove into lifting weights and um, I lifted weights and I had a bike back then, but it was like a beach cruiser. Yeah. Elizabeth City is pretty flat, so it wasn't too bad on me. Yeah. Um, I, at the most, I was doing three or four miles, <laughs> um, but you know, it was at 360 pounds, it was exercise. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, so that was the main thing, just getting into that active routine and slowly starting to cut back things. Um, because to, to, to be truthful with you, you know, a lot of people, and I preach on this all the time, and I get upset when I see it, people love fad diets. Mm. They love fads. Yeah. They love keto. I, I ain't knocking keto. I see people who, who really do well with it mm -hmm. because they surrender to that lifestyle. But... You know, keto and, uh, oh, I'm going to just drink juice for a month or I'm going to just eat veggies for a month, you know, whatever. Um, I, I personally started by backing off on certain things. Mm -hmm. The first thing I cut was bread. Okay. Um, you don't have to necessarily cut bread. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's healthier alternatives than just eating enriched uh, white bread and white rice or whatever. But that was, that's what I did. I started cutting that. Um, got a handle on that. Graduated to cutting fried food. Mm -hmm. Cut sugar completely. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite pastimes was sweet tea. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom used to kill the instant sweet tea. Though. <laughs> I mean, it was nothing to have a pitcher ready. Right. Um, so I had to stop drinking that. Mm -hmm. um, and and I slowly began to you know start seeing uh, results. Okay. Um, of course, you know. As your body get used to things, then you start switching things up. Um, your, your your routine intensifies, and um, of course you start seeing your growth as a, as a, um, as somebody who's trying to you know lose your weight or whatever. Okay, cool, cool. So tell me about because a lot of people go through weight loss and they don't see the results right away, and so they stop. Talk about your ups and downs in your journey. Things you may have had to refocus yourself, get yeah. back on track. Um, I've been there. We yeah. all have to go through those plateaus. Tell me, because people don't realize that it ain't every day. It ain't easy. No, it is not. It <laughs> if is it's not. easy, trust me, Everybody. it's gonna come back. Yeah. I promise you. If, if you can, if it's easy, it is going to come <laughs> back. Yeah. If, if somebody's shooting you pills, they shooting you these quick fast, like he said. Trust me, that is not the way you want to go. And it's a sidebar. Waist trainers don't work. <laughs> you feel like that waist trainer. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me how you stay focused. Because this has been a six-year journey for you. Yeah. Tell me how you stay focused. Um, the, the one thing I tell people who are starting, uh, take pictures. Mm, okay. Um, a friend of mine, uh, she's from Elizabeth City. I think she lives in Maryland or something. You know, she she did her journey or whatever. And I told her, I said, do not be ashamed of your pictures. That That is where you're going to see where you came from. And a lot of times, especially in the beginning, there's small, minute differences. And the more you compile your pictures, you start to see, you know, how changes are going. And then, of course, um, you want to find ways to 
make your workout exciting. One of the things me and you both got into this year was cycling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be yeah. honest. You, you know, cycle. I kind of try to catch yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I kind of, I had kind of got to a point this year in particular. I'll be honest with y'all, I continue working out through COVID. Um, I was blessed to be able to go to a private gym where nobody else was there. Um, and you know, I cleaned after myself or whatever. Um, but. Um, I kind of got bored with weightlifting. Mm -hmm. I did. So one of the things I looked at, I rode bikes all the time as a kid. Um, as I said, my granddad ride, his brother still rides to this day mm -hmm. and he's around the same age. Um, so I just, I just dove into it. And the more and more I learned about it, the more and more excited I got. So you, you just kind of look at things that you enjoy doing. Um, and, and you try to build upon what you're doing, your routine. Um, one of the things that I got into after weightlifting was cardio. There's so many different ways to get cardio in. There's, there's, you know, you can do your list, you can do your high intensity, you know, there's so many different things and you just mix it up. Um, you challenge yourself on three to six weeks. Um, and like you told me before, you know, you just set goals and you reach those goals and then you add on and then, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of um, setting setting those goals. Uh, work losing weight is not a, a rabbit's race. God knows it ain't. Take it, take it one little bit at a time. Yeah, um, couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, and like you said, um, that was a good point in terms of taking those pictures. Yeah. So whenever um, I started back trying to lose uh, weight back in, I think it was April. Yeah. The first thing me and my wife did was took pictures. Yeah. No matter how bad it looked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it was a motivator because once you see it, I never forget. We talk about this all the time, man. Yep. I, I did an interview <laughs> when we first started doing uh, upfront in person. Yeah, and, uh, I think it was in the sanctuary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I remember that. I, I never forget. I looked back and I said, <laughs> I said, I said, wait a minute, something has got to change. Yeah, um, that was a clear indication that I had started to go the opposite direction. But not only do the pictures give you results, that's accountability. It is, man. Um, there. The way I do, you know, my weigh-ins, I weigh from Friday to Friday. Of course, you know, from Friday, you got to come back around to Monday. Yeah, yeah. As a musician, as a barber, I'm busy on Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays. So I have to hold myself accountable and get on the scale on Monday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and, and a lot of times what that does, um, you know, when you get on that scale on Monday, you're like, okay, let me think about what I did this mm -hmm. past weekend and not do that yeah. the next yeah. weekend. Yeah, that, you know? that's, that's my way in day two Monday. So yeah. that keeps me, Saturday and Sunday is normally those days I try to have a cheat meal or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I know way in is coming on Monday. Um, another thing that me and my wife do, we take measurements. Ooh, so, yeah, so yeah. that is a good way to show your progress. Yeah. If you can look back at uh, two weeks ago, and you, you take a measurement of your chest and it, it's down a half an inch or whatever, that's progress. Yeah. Even though you may not see it in a picture, but if you're taking measurements, thighs, waist, hips, arms, mm -hmm. and you start seeing that gradual decline in those numbers, yep. that is making progress. Yep. Because oftentimes the scale can be kind of a, Ooh, you know. Especially when you weight lifting. Yeah, yeah. It fluctuates. So that scale can fluctuate a lot. Um, muscle weighs more than fat, and people probably have heard that all around. So you have to have several different indications of the progress that you're making. Yep. All right, so let's talk about we only weight loss tip. We're trying to encourage men once again to get in shape, get up. Listen, the wife is still going to be there. Get up, get, go work out, go walk, do something. What are some distractions that you dealt with? 
in terms of the journey? Ooh, let's see. So one of the biggest problems I had was as a musician, there was, in particular back home when I was busy all the time, there was a late night kind of, you know, mm-hmm. lifestyle. Um, you get out of church late or you get out of rehearsal, studio time, you know, you grabbing whatever you can. Okay. Um, back home, I wasn't fortunate enough to have Waffle House. So we went to IHOP, we went to Cookout, we went to McDonald's. And it is not good to sleep on that stuff. Mm, no. um, the other distraction I had was um, the people around me. Mm. This is funny. The people around me were skinny. Okay. So they could eat how they wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't eat like that. I had, that's the one thing I had to learn. I had to learn how to eat for myself and what worked for me and work, you, you know, not anybody else. Um, so, you know, hanging around people who always ate out, they could eat junk food and all that. I had to under, start understanding what, you know, how to eat for myself. But um, I think that's the other, the um, the only two distractions I had to really deal with. Um, the, the It's good to, you want to surround yourself even, you know, with your social media platforms and stuff like that. You want to, you want to get people on there that's going to motivate you. And people who are going to set an example for you, because um, there were plenty of times, um, especially on Saturdays and sometimes on Mondays, where I didn't want to work out. And you scroll on Instagram and you see CT Fletcher up there cussing <laughs> you out. You know what I'm saying? You're like, man, let me go on and get it. And you know, even just having like-minded people on your feed will help you. Um, I mean, because you know, of course, you're going to see these people who vacation all the time and yeah, all that. Yeah. But if you have your goals, you need people that are going to be around you and motivate you to reach those goals. That's good. That's good. Uh, keeping up, like me and you work out together sometimes. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. been over to the house and mm-hmm. worked out. Uh, we do the cycling thing. Yep. Um, having an accountability partner, you, you talked about that earlier. Uh, me and my wife, we um, work out every day together yeah. You know, in the morning time. Somebody to push you, uh, to encourage you. Because you do have those moments when the distractions are huge. I mean, yeah. for me right now, it's football season. <laughs> it's football season, bro. Yeah. I mean, you know how I do. Yeah. Yeah. So on Sundays, man, I go broke. Now, I'll tell you another distraction, <laughs> though. You know, uh, back home, we used to do Sunday dinner every oh, man. Sunday. Yeah. It was Thanksgiving every Sunday. Yeah. And I had to learn, you know, yeah, this is nice, but they are not the ones stepping on the scale on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's me. Yeah. Um, and I had to to learn, and that's probably one of the biggest things: learning how to eat, when to eat, and how to enjoy what you like. Um, and finding different ways to do it. Um, one of my cheat secrets: this is y'all write this note down. You know, if I'm in a rush, if I'm in a crunch, I will grab me a piece of fried chicken. <laughs> And, and take that skin, you know, <laughs> take the skin off, toss it out the window and just eat the bird. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, you know, just finding different ways to stay on track, yeah. you know, because that little bit of fat in that fried chicken ain't going to hurt you. But you eat that skin, it's going to definitely catch up. So there's little things you can do to, you know, if you're in a rush and a crunch, yeah. pull the skin off a chicken. That's a... That's an old. That's an old. That's an old. That's a my old dad thing. put me on years yeah. ago. Um, <laughs> like you said, learning when to eat carbs. I mean, it. A lot of times, if I'm really on my 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 diet in terms of that kind of thing, I don't eat anything any carbs after two o'clock. You yeah, know, they yeah. don't burn off before the day's over with. Right. Um, I've done the intermittent fasting. Um, that I've works. Done, now, um, now that's what got me. Um, you know, we talked that time. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, man, yeah. you, you know, that's what got me back on track." The yeah. intermittent fasting, yeah, um, and it kind of helped me 
um, kind of focus on my relationship with food. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the other thing um, that, that I had to do in the beginning stages was kind of figure out what's my relationship with food. A lot of people don't talk about that, and it's That's a psychological it. thing. Hey, um, because, you know... Because people people eat when they sad. They eat when they happy. They eat, everything's a... Well, let's eat. You know what I'm saying? Church, church. Oh, somebody died. Let's eat. We have a homecoming. Summer. Let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and my family is the type... Um, you know, we had Christmas, you know, we had Christmas, uh, Christmas breakfast or whatever that, that Christmas morning, we'll do that Christmas breakfast, spill into Christmas lunch, yeah. and Christmas, you, you know, eat. I mean, they already prepared dinner. So you, you know what I'm saying? You hey, eat look, the entire day. And what season we, we headed into the holiday season. Man. That's why we were trying to get you all to start thinking now we, we've already put together a challenge. We've been talking to Miss Charity Bowles, Miss Wanda Mays. We are going to get Ebenezer into talking about fitness. Yeah. There's no need of making sure the inside is good. If we're going to just throw away the outside of the body, the inside is important too with eating healthy. We got to put it all together to holistic approach to being healthy, spiritually, physically, emotionally. That's what we're doing here. Talking to men. We want you to get moving. Listen, me and Ant, we will get with men in the church. We can do some things. We'll recycle. We work out. There's a field right beside the church. We can have a boot camp Saturday right here at the church. But we're trying to make sure that we're saving men's life. And we're almost done. Anything else you want to say? Um, This is a sensitive subject for me. Um, Congestive heart failure um, is probably, you know, outside of, you know, cancer is one thing that's that's riddling within, um, you know, the different uh, demographics in churches and stuff. But a good amount of the funerals we have at church, you know, you, you see people dealing with heart attacks and stroke, strokes and stuff like that. Um, my aunt passed in 2014. That's probably one of the most motivating factors. Um, she passed in 2014 from congestive heart failure. And and I had a, a godmother that passed the same year, um, you know, from the same thing. And, you know, we don't really talk about that. We we have people around us. We let them get severely overweight. And, you know, the sad thing is you have people who will talk about those people behind closed doors. Um, and, you know, we want to talk about helping people when it's too late. But, you know, that that tough conversation you may have with that person, it may be uncomfortable then, but you may save that person's life. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I have to give this guy, you know, I had my friend that, that I'll call his name, Anthony Bruton. He gave it to, like I said, he told, he shot it to me straight every day I saw him. Mm-hmm. I had another friend who um, marched in band with me. I, I started missing band practice because I would wake up, you know, with those pressure headaches mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he was like, man, look, if you want to lose weight, I can help you. And, you know, he, he was uh, in ROTC, so he had access to the Coast Guard base back home. He took me every day he went to the gym. And he showed me how to build workouts. He showed, you know, he showed me the ropes. And I gotta give him a shout out, Derek Golden. Um, so you know, in those tough conversations, um, you know, if you want to try to find a way to get people involved, um, I will help anybody. I won't charge you a dime. I won't charge you a dime because, you know, I I just don't know exactly where I would be if I had not changed my mind. Yeah. You yeah. know. Romans 12 and 12 Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind That transformation isn't going to happen Until you change your mind Mm. Point blank Change your mind folks Hey listen, if you want to get in shape 
change your mind, change the way you think. Yeah. Change the way you think about food, change the way you think about yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's all about you. Yeah. Everybody else around you can do what they want to do. But until you change your way you think, the way you process the information about yourself, it's not going to happen. So listen, hey, we're going to end on that note. Mind changers today. If you want to work out, you want to get with us, you want to just sit down and talk about it. Like I said, we're not experts. We're not any doctors or anything. Please make sure that you check with your doctor before you start any program, whether it be diet Physical activity. Listen, we don't want to say, well, Pastor Jimmy and Brother Anthony <laughs> told me to work out uh, and I didn't consult my doctor. He told me to cut out certain foods. Maybe you're diabetic. You need to make sure that you're following instructions for a doctor. Yeah. But as friends, as church members, um, we are here to hold each other accountable. And if you need accountability partners, we are here. Hey, listen, this has been another episode of Upfront and Personal. And let's get moving and let's work out and let's stay alive as long as God wants us to be here. Peace. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Listen, this is Pastor Jimmy here. And uh, this is an episode of Upfront and Personal for my youth ministry. Uh, I'm so excited about this opportunity to come to you all. Uh, One of the things that we are trying to do is stay connected. We're trying to make sure that we're doing everything to make sure that our youth are getting the word of God. Um, And one of the things that was brought to me in the course of this school year is that some of my youth uh, here at the Ebenezer Church located in Burlington, North Carolina, 734 Apple Street, uh, up under the leadership of none other than Pastor Larry Covington. And uh, with everything going on in this pandemic, uh, our kids are learning virtually. They're having to go to school at different times of the day. And uh, different times of the night, and many of them were not able to attend our uh, six-week series on prayer uh, because of you know, schedule conflicts. Whether they were doing cheerleading or or sports or, or attending night classes, and I was uh, sitting around trying to think about what to do. How do I still stay engaged with my uh, youth ministry? And so uh, I'm taking this opportunity to utilize our uh, podcast through my ECT free programming upfront and personal uh, just to reach them, just to uh, talk to them, have a place for them to come and listen to um, our Bible study. And so we've been talking about prayer over the last couple of weeks. Uh, What is prayer and how prayer is useful in our lives. And so just to do a little recapping over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, prayer and uh, a lot of times we sit in the churches and we uh, we listen to other people pray and we say, well, man, I can't do that. I can't do it like that um, because we hear all these lingos and these jargons and the thou's and the those and the yays. And we say, well, man, I'm not that eloquent or I'm not that uh, I don't have that ability to link uh, phrases and verbs and nouns and uh, together to sound a certain way. And one of the things that I was trying to explain to my youth is that none of that makes a difference. None of that even matters to God as we are in prayer. Um, So what I wanted to let the the young people know and those of you that have maybe missed uh, the the series. Hey, listen, prayer is just a conversation with God. Um, There is no right or wrong way to reach out to God. The one thing that we need to do is just reach out to him. And oftentimes we fail to do that just because 
we feel like we need to sound a certain way. But prayer is just a simple conversation. That's all it is. A simple conversation with you and your father. And in communication, we have to make sure that, hey, we're communicating effectively. Um, Most relationships, the number one thing that causes them to break up, to fail, is poor communication. Poor communication. Why is that? Because we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to communicate. And communication is a two-way street. Two-way. And even this, that's the same way we need to look at communicating with our father. That it's a two-way process. And we fail to often realize that as individuals, as Christians, and even as young people, um, that this communication is a two-way street. And what do you mean by that, Pastor Jimmy? What I'm saying is, hey, listen, when you go to God in prayer, you're having this conversation with him. You're going to him. You're seeking him. You're asking him. You're knocking. uh, You're waiting for the doors to open. But you need to also be waiting on the listening, waiting on to hear, waiting on to hear from God. That's effective communication. If you want to be good at communicating, learn to be a good listener. If you want to be good at being a good prayer, learn to listen to God, learn to listen to his voice. So that's some of the things we've been talking about uh, throughout this series is this is just a conversation. But if we want to be effective in this conversation, we want to make sure that we are listening to hear from God. Because oftentimes that is the answer to our prayer is when we hear from him. So listen, as we go through this period, I want to just recap a few other things that we have talked about. Um, This prayer, we need to make sure that we are going to God as humbly as we know how. The Bible says we should ask and we will receive. Well, that ask is a humble ask. You don't need to go pounding your fist on the table, demanding God to do something. You need to make sure that you are coming to him as humble as you know how. The, the, the prayer says, Abba, Father, which art in heaven. That lets you know that you have humbled yourself to who God truly is, our Father. But then after you come to him humbly, it says, ask and you shall receive. But then you have to seek Seek and you shall find. That seek means after you have done your asking, you have to put forth some action. What am I saying here, young people? Uh, There's things that you may be asking God for right now. You may be asking him to help you with your schoolwork, help you with your friendships. Uh, I mean, some of you may be going off to college. You're trying to make sure that you're taking the correct classes, make sure you're applying to the right schools. You know, even as you're asking God, you need to also put some action behind it. What do you mean, Pastor Jimmy? Hey, listen, if you got an issue with one of your friends, you're praying about it. You're saying, Lord, help me out with my friendships. Help me out with my boyfriend, my girlfriend. Okay, you can ask, but maybe there's some apology you need to do. Maybe there's some some some. Hey, man, let's squash this. You know, what can you do? after you have asked God to help you to make sure that you're doing all you can to better the situation. You're saying, hey, I want to make sure I get into the right schools. Have you gone out and looked online and, you know, searched to find out if 
the career path that you're choosing? That school has the right major. Have you gone to your counselor and asked some questions there? Have you asked somebody else that has attended that school? So those are some things that you need to make sure that you're doing whenever you're going to God humbly. Make sure that you're putting some action behind it. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. There's a level of responsibility in your prayer life that you might have to get out there and do some things too. But then it says, knock and the door will be open. Knock and the door will be open. Hey, listen, young people. Everything isn't going to happen right away. Everything is going to happen in its time. We have to persevere through our prayers. Even when things don't happen today, even when things don't happen tomorrow, hey, listen, persevere through your prayers because eventually God is going to answer. And the thing is, when you're communicating with God, he's going to begin to give you the things to pray about. So when you come to him, You are in his will. You are doing the things that are praying about the things that God is already putting in your will. So this prayer life that we're developing is going to help us to know what we should be praying about. So when we come to him, we start asking, it's already in his will. And we're putting forth the action, it's already in his will. And we're waiting on him to respond, it's already in his will. All right? So we've been talking about prayer. We talked about the prayer of thanksgiving. But last week, we talked about a prayer of repentance. Prayer of repentance. What is repentance? What is repentance? Repentance is, it's a, it's a personal and absolute ultimate surrender to God. It's a, it's a surrender to God. You, you, you're you laying everything aside. You're laying, you're putting aside everything that could possibly keep you from God. All, every sin, every condition, every problem, you are putting it before God and you are turning away from it. Hey, if you, you think about a compass, like you're going north. And so you don't want to go north anymore and you want to stay as far away from north as you possibly can go. You don't want to go northeast, no, because I'm still going that direction. You don't want to go northwest, north. T- you want to go south, totally south. You want to do a whole 180 degree turn. That's what repentance is. You know what? I'm deciding as a young person to not do a whole 360 because if I do a whole 360, I'm basically ending up where I was. And that's a lot of times what we do as people, as individuals, as young people. We turn away from something and we we pass the 180 mark and we go all the way back to where we used to be. But when we repent to God, we accept God as our personal savior. We do a 180 degree turn. That means I have turned my back on everything that I was doing and I have begun, begun to go in this opposite direction. Prayer of repentance. Somebody right now is going through something. You're headed north. You're headed north. You're going through. You're you're indulging in activities that you know you don't need to. You're hanging out with people that you know you don't need to. You're being disobedient at home, reckless, living a reckless life. And you're headed north right now. 
But God is calling you. God is beckoning you, even as a young person, to say, you know what, young person, hey, today you can repent. Let's make a whole 180 degree turn. Let's take your life, turn it around, and put it on a whole nother direction through Jesus Christ. Hey, and as today as I place this uh, podcast up for my young people, listen, today, let's turn this thing around. It's Thursday, November 5th. We have an opportunity to turn this thing around. Let's make a whole 180 today. I got four things I want you to get in your heart today. Listen, when you make this 180 in your life, when you make this prayer, the first thing I want you to do is to forgive yourself. I want you to forgive yourself. What are you saying, Pastor Jimmy? Listen, there's going to be some things that people try to bring up in your life to hold over your head, to try to keep you from making this 180. Um, But listen, you need to forgive yourself. A lot of times we walk around with the pain and the pressure of some things that we have done in our past, maybe some mistakes that we've made. And people live those lives for a long time, still carrying something that they've done when God has already forgiven you. But you still carry it. And it destroys you. It destroys people around you. But young person, what I'm telling you today is, hey, you can forgive yourself. Stop carrying something that somebody's trying to hold over your head. Stop allowing something that you've done that God has already forgiven you to continue to keep you held down. Push forward. You made a 180. Forget what the things you've done because, listen, hey, God has forgotten it. So first thing I want you to do is make sure you forgive yourself. But then I want you to remember that God has unlimited forgiveness. See, a lot of times we feel like I can't go to God because I went to him yesterday. And that's wrong. God wants you to come to him every time you want to repent, every time you need forgiveness. That's the place we need to be is right with God. So it doesn't matter how many times you make a mistake. Every time you make a mistake, you can go right to God and say, Lord, forgive me. You make a mistake at one o'clock, forgive me. 2.30, Lord, forgive me. And I promise you, every time you go to God, he's going to forgive you. Because he's unlimited. And that's the awesome thing about our God. There's nothing we can do. It's unlimited. His grace and mercy is there every time we need it. Forgive yourself. And remember, God has unlimited forgiveness. There's no time that you can go to him and he say, no, I don't forgive you. Every time. And third, hey, listen. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He died on the cross for our sins. Every mistake we make, every wrong thing we do. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And when we go to him, because he died on the cross, his blood washes us and cleanses us whiter than snow. And I don't know about you all. I don't know about you, but listen, I've seen snow before. And I can't even fathom the thought of something being whiter than a fresh snow. 
But that's how good God is to us, young people. No matter how much you do wrong, how much you get into, God can still clean you up whiter than snow. That's an amazing thing today. That's an amazing thought to have in your heart this morning. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad the mistake is. God can still clean me up whiter than a sheet of paper, whiter than snow, whiter than anything I can think about. What does that say, man? Listen, God's grace and mercy is so awesome that it can make me even better than better. So why not go to a God that can do that? Why not turn away from sin to meet a God that can make you greater than he can ever make? Young people, God wants you. He needs you. He desires to have you. You don't have to wait till you're 30. You don't have to wait till you're 40. You can do it at 16. You can do it at 17, 18, 13. You can turn away, make a whole 180. Don't wait. It may be too late. Listen, going to my fourth point for you tonight. This morning, thinking about your Tuesday night Bible study. I was excited about this. It was fresh going out to the kids. Hey, listen, forgive yourself. God has unlimited forgiveness for you today. Unlimited. There's no amount of time. Plenty times you can go to God and he will not answer. He will not forgive. Listen, he will wait, make you whiter than snow because at the cross, he took on all our sins. But listen, today, as I finish up, I hope you guys are getting ready for school. Can't nobody do it but you. This is a personal thing. It's a responsibility for you. I can't do it for you. Your mother can't do it for you. Pastor Covington can't do it for you. Your teachers, your friends can't do it. You have to make this decision for yourself. Repentance is about you. Make the change. Make the choice. Choose today. One eighty, y'all. It's Pastor Jimmy. I'm out. <laughs>